0: Hi, I'm John.
1: And I'm Colin.
0: I'm Paul. Ah, this is Hold Up, the show where we talk about movies from long ago, not so long ago, and see if they hold up. Don't talk about this movie. Yeah, clear the theme song. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Okay. Ow! You're in the ear! Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. Yes, Fight Club, 1999, just before the year 2000 bug destroyed the Earth. We got Fight Club from David Fincher with Edward Norton and uh, Brad Pitt. A couple other, couple other names and faces, Helena Bonham Carter, and maybe the best reason to rewatch this movie. There's a movie about a guy who uh, meets an interesting person and hates his life and starts to come around and live his life the way he wants to and discovers he has some large mental instabilities along the way as well.
1: Yeah, I think a good way of summing up the movie is it's about a guy who like gets disillusioned and says like fuck like fuck everything basically and mm-hmm. he just kind of goes goes off the grid.
0: So it's like a less obvious falling down. I never thought of it like that. Hmm, interesting. This to
2: me was the golden age of David Fincher while we're talking about him this is the best. I I loved 7, Love, Fight Club, oh. Love uh, the Game. Yeah. To me that was his peak. What we have now is in my age, uh, my estimation,
0: not as good. Not as good, David Fincher. No. Well, I've not s- actually seen some of his more recent ones, but I Fight Club had some. Um, if you watch any of the information around this, some really great uh, camera shots where he has the camera coming out of a waste bag and has all the stuff in there. Where the IKEA information is laying out over the screen as he's panning yeah, around. Yeah, this is where he Jack's got that, apartment.
1: S- that style. This is where he he kind of he evolved to that style because the first two movies didn't have that that he made and then this was like i think he he ended up finding somebody who showed him that you could do all this stuff and then he was like oh i want to make a movie like this i love the
2: ikea catalog spread yeah with the camera panning like that great idea great thinking let's talk about the cast because you mentioned helena bottom carter yeah to, I think you said that she was the, the best part of this movie, the best reason I ju- to rewatch this it. This
0: movie's really interesting to me because it after you're done watching it for the first time, if you haven't seen this movie out there and you listen to this podcast, you're stop f- immediately, go back. Yeah, you're a
1: fool. But then come back and listen to the podcast when you're done. So
0: watch it, then finish the podcast, then go watch the movie again because this is one of those <laughs> rare movies where I guess there's a twist, but um, it's just one of those things that makes you go back and rewatch the movie to try and realize like when you watch the movie the first time, it's in a cloud of obscurity and and confusion. And then the second time you watch it, you'd know actually what was going on. And it's a much different experience.
2: We should probably stop at this point and and say that there was a whole time period where this was the first movie like this. Because a lot of movies have come out since that have done pretty much the exact same twist. And it's gotten pretty old. But when Fight Club came out, a lot of us didn't see that coming in the theater and we were blown away by what happened who the, hadn't those hadn't who hadn't read the book anyway
1: the way they do the twist though is what makes it so good yeah. right because the movie isn't solely there's so many themes going on in the movie and so many interesting like ideas and philosophies running through the movie that the twist isn't the whole movie. Like no. a lot and of No, but that's what not.
0: makes it really good because the movie is awesome and then up to when the twist happens you're like oh, wow, that's great that just made this even crazier. But I I I feel like if that wasn't the twist and there was a a, a, car- a Tyler Durden character running around doing all this crazy stuff that it was his friend, they could have still salvaged an ending and still made this an enjoyable Absolutely, movie. Absolutely. Yeah, that's no question. but because that's not the way it is, it it just puts it over the top and I was worried that this movie would age but it, it's actually more poignant in today's society said, than I ever i said
1: that to someone at work i told them we were doing fight club and they're like they were like freaked out and they're like you better not say anything and i'm like it's better than it was it's literally better than it was in 99
2: i gotta tell you for me i was loving it loving it loving it until we started getting more into the anarchy stuff and, and project mayhem and stuff and i was like Basically if I step back and look at this this is like a Isis training video. Yeah, that that <laughs> part for sure. Guys but that's, that that have no use for women that dress completely in black that rally against western society is that not an Isis training video? But that's relevant. That's what I, I'm yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with you, but it,
1: it it changes it.
2: It changes it totally and then but it makes you reevaluate everything that comes before it. It's We're, like cuz to me the movie was about, you know, not being materialistic and, you know, anti-consumerism
0: and then it goes into quite a bit darker areas. I think it gets out of control for the main character. For, so the way I refer to this movie is that the ma- Ed Norton, for most of the movie, I, I, I think other people online have done this. I don't know if he's cast that way. It's kind of like Jack when he finds those books and he's like, I am Jack's whatever. He's actually and we're going to say it, he's actually Tyler Durden. What? But no one calls him Tyler the whole movie and, and you get to think of Brad Pitt's character as Tyler and then you don't know what to call Jack because at one point Helena Bonham Carter is even like, what's your name? Is it Cornelius? Rupert? Any of the stupid names you use? <laughs> so I kind of like, uh, um, after watching it a couple of times, I was like, let's just call him
1: Jack. Um, but the way that in the script, his name is Jack. Is it okay? In the book, they refer to him as Jack. Okay. They had to refer to him as it's something. It's been a while.
0: I haven't read that book in like 10 years.
1: Yeah. So. The great book, by the way, too. And the other great thing was the book is so different from the movie. It is. And the, the biggest thing when you're adapting a book into a movie is the way people really fuck it up. Is they try and make the movie exactly like the book. And stuff that's cinematic isn't always literal. And so you can't do that. And Jim Ewell's and. Him. Jim Ewells did an amazing job he on did. the screenplay. Even, he even yeah. changed the ending. Even Palahniuk will say that. Palahniuk, the author, said that the screenplay is better than the book on the commentary to Jim Yule's, And Jim Ewells obviously didn't, you know, t- was flattered, but didn't didn't believe that was the case. But
2: Right. But I think Tyler in the book is quite a bit... Uh, let's say, darker. And I would suspect that if you read the book before seeing the movie, you might scratch your head at the casting choice of Brad Pitt to play Tyler Durden. Um, that's how, how different he is, my perception, anyway, in the book. And, I mean, when you look at it, is someone who's speaking out against uh, the fallacy of trying to look like a Calvin Klein model and right. they're Brad Pitt? Yeah. Really? Yeah.
0: And who's your your, who's your next in command? Jared Leto? It's like, <laughs> really? I, th- I always thought that was kind <laughs> of ironic though because they get on the bus in one scene in the movie and and ed norton sees that ad and he's like is that what a man looks like and it shows the calvin klein model and then the very next scene is brad pitt having a fight And he wins this fight and he gets up off the guy and he he stretches back and he's just fucking cut out of stone. And it's like, yeah, it's like, I always thought that was a direct, something they did on purpose. You You think so? Yeah, I I, I lose some of the Because that's who he wants to be. He's like, he he mocks it on the bus, Jack's character, but secretly, like what guy wouldn't want
1: to look like that? So Brad Pitt does. But see, both you guys have made observations about this movie that I never had before. Like you with the ISIS and you with that and that's why this movie is so good because it is littered with themes running through it there's so much going on there's not one theme that this movie targets and then answers the question to yeah it puts a bunch of themes thoughts and ideas out there and then you're left with those leaving the movie with no no real answers but it stirs up Question:
0: Yeah, even is the answer to everything anarchy at the end, and you, they don't even give you an answer to no, that. They kind of take they not. take the buildings down, and even apparently Jack all Jack the, doesn't know either. No, and and this so this is what I'm thinking. Like the Jack character is is a, a, a simple man, and and like the, all this anarchy stuff is way off his radar. So it's interesting to me that his alter ego develops towards that so much because it starts out that let's fight, let's drink, let's fuck like crazy, but then let's start bombing buildings and and making soap out of people fat and all that kind of stuff so i wonder how it gets that far with this how his alter ego gets so out of control but like that's a fun thing to wonder mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me it doesn't ruin anything this, it's just this, like
1: oh well it, and, and this movie's influenced people in a really bizarre way because um they were talking on the commentary about how the scene where he puts the gun to the convenience store kid's head There's like a lot of people who are very successful, who've come up to, uh, those, those actors and David Fincher said that scene like made me go back to school and get my degree. That scene made me like go after my dreams. Like it's ridiculous that this movie like could be so, you know, powerful. But at the
2: same time, a lot of people didn't took the wrong things away from this movie and Mm -hmm. started little fight clubs and stuff for real. It's like to me, and maybe I'm out to lunch here, fighting is not the point of the movie.
1: violence is not the point of the movie. And that's uh, misinterpretation and what they were trying to make. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah. I,
2: that's what I'm saying. But yeah. I, and, and as far as fighting goes, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid and you get into fights, you weren't fighting just for the sport or just to, you know, it was to win. There was no, like... There was like, a reason. Yeah, you didn't get your ass kicked and go, well, thanks, man, we'll do it again tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I think in the movie, it's all about just letting go and, and having something that's pure right. and... and yeah, it, it's I just see, about letting go. Like In real is... life, most of the fights you'd get in would be not like that, or you'd be aiming to win a trade. Like, get into MMA, if that's what you're kind totally. of feeling for the competition. It was different for these guys in the movie, but I think any time I heard a story about fight club starting or people getting hurt, it was like, oh, God, like there's no way they're doing this for the right reasons. Totally. They completely misappointed the, the movie.
1: No, they definitely did, but I still do also feel like it's realistic that these guys would get obsessed with something that was... That was that that hurt them yeah right because because the, they whether they like the pain or inflicting the pain like there's definitely something behind that that i think is very real like I'm, that they touch on i think they're
0: that. all they all feel dead inside they're just all drone worker bees that have you know they were all like there were no like super young people there i mean there were like maybe some like mid to late 20 year olds but a lot of the people that were in the fight club were older dudes
1: well they're always corporate are there waiters yeah
0: exactly just like dead in life. all the all the, the 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 worker bees yeah i was i was
2: embarrassed how easily i was sucked back into it where i was totally like dragged along for the ride and then you have to almost force yourself out of it again um I think it dangerously peers towards that angry teenage white boy angst at times it almost comes across like a shitty nine inch nail song oh poor me poor me <laughs> i'm so angry at the world but i think it manages to overcome that for the most part but like i said i was sucked in it's like this you know a generation of of boys that were raised by women you know, because of absent father
0: figures, and I was like, "Wow, that that hits home." Yeah, I can't get married. I'm a 35 year old boy. Yeah, right? and, that and kind of stuff. That
2: type of shit, and we're all gonna, we all grew up thinking that we're gonna be rock stars, and you know, and fucking astronauts and shit like that. And that was well, me. And then it's like, you just you you're, you you get sucked in so much into this movie. Yeah, and then the anarchy starts. You're like, oh.
1: what happened there. Yeah, But that's what's great is that you're almost a believer and then when you see what comes of it, you you get a little disgusted. I got the clippers in
2: my hand and I'm ready to put them into my hair and it's (laughs) like, wait a second. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, it's a great turnaround. There's a great turn and then there's a lot of stuff about father and like is Tyler, his father figure. Are, um, they talk about not having fathers or absentee fathers, being raised by women. Mm-hmm. There's a lot about like killing. like There's a whole Buddhist philosophy about you kill your parents, you kill your god, and then you kill your teacher that, that's running through this movie like all the time. Like There's a scene where he gets in the car wreck and Jack's laying in bed right before Tyler disappears for a long period of time. And he's basically giving him a speech while he's laying down. And then he ruffles his hair and calls him champ. And then leaves the room. So his totally. father basically abandons him again. And then he goes in search for him. It's so great. There's I love so the way they layers.
2: edited that too, where they dipped black, like yeah. he was like about to fade off and go to sleep. Brilliant. I mean, that's really subtle. And now that you talk about it out loud, it's like, well, of course, it seems so obvious. Yeah. But it's not it's obvious.
0: It's not. No. You have to multiple views to, like, on the first view, you'd never pick up something yeah. that, even though that's, now you've said it, that's not even subtle. It's, but it's not in your face, but like it it would take you watching that movie a number of times and then being interested enough to listen to people talk about it, that you'd be like, wow. And then like the fact that you could go back after 20 something years like Colin did and listen to that commentary and still learn new things about the movie and have it all click in your head. That's amazing. That yeah. makes
2: a really great movie. Can we can we go back to the cast and talk about Helena Bonham Carter again? Because to me, she was the star of this movie. And really, I don't want to overstate it, but I kind of think
0: she should have got an Oscar nod for this. She was that good. Uh, uh, consideration at least. So after the twist happens and you go back and watch this movie for the second time, watching her and Jack's interactions throughout the movie is painful because yeah. he treats her like such... And she's He's such a dick to her. Yeah, she's a broken woman as and it is. And she is. She's barely hanging on by a thread. Which she, is, almost, she almost commits suicide by taking too many pills. And it might just be a cry for suicide. Which also
1: is all makes all so much sense psychologically because that's why she's putting up with it because she feels like she's nothing and that's what she deserves. It's so smart yeah. the writing. It's so simple and smart. And then
2: But for Edward Norton to then say, to, "Why does a why does a weaker
1: person need to glove onto a stronger person?" <laughs> yeah. It's like, "Oh, oh my it's God. heartbreaking." Yes. Really, it is. When he says that to her, she's, you're like,
2: "Your heart breaks."
1: That's why the first time you watch the movie, he you feel bad for him and feel like she's crazy. Yeah. She's latching and on the and, second and like time, fucking
0: his friend and you're like, "How could she do that to him?" It
1: completely reverses yeah. where where he is she's the victim and now you're watching him victimize her the whole movie the whole movie it's
0: like one of the final scenes she shows up to the house and he's got all the Project Mayhem guys working in the garden and he's he's pissed that Tyler's drunk and he's drinking and she's like, what's going on here? And he's like, "Ah." he's like, Tyler is not here. And she's like, what? He's like, Tyler is not here. Like, can you imagine? Tyler gone. Tyler's gone 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 away. away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like thinking about that, he's basically like, I'm not here. I've gone away. Looking her right in the
1: eye, she'd be like, you're such a dick to me. Yeah. And then she like walks off and he stands there with his bottle in the garden. The visuals on this movie, like, everything hits the right note. Like, Fincher, like, really knew what he was going to do when he directed this movie, too. Like, there's, I have so much respect for him as a director in this movie. I feel like the reason why I like the social network is because he didn't use any of his tricks, his bullshit tricks, that he that uses in this movie. That was a straight-up awesome story. Yeah, so, so, to me, when a director can break from that, that also gives me more respect for him because there's a lot of people who can't. So, oh,
2: I never thought of it like that. That's a good point, actually
1: going forward like with his career like this was not he didn't he did make movies similar looking to this like panic room Mm. but then he moved on yeah so good for him because a lot of people like tarantino just ride their directing and and never evolve well michael bay gets worse
0: (laughs) um this movie also kind of... I can't remember if there was one before this or around the same time that brought Meatloaf into the mix, as this one did and uh, Meatloaf, with Bob. And like, <laughs> what
1: an introduction for him. Bob has bitch tits. If you look at Meatloaf too, his he has a massive acting career, which I didn't know. He's been like in 80 movies or something. I didn't realize. And he's so good in this. He well, is to, really good. For a guy
2: like him to make himself look like a jackass to
1: the level that he did is yeah. pretty
2: noble, actually. Most people who are not actors i mean let's face it he's not an actor someone to go to that level to embarrass
1: themselves is actually yeah you have to in this movie though i give i say he is an actor
2: i don't recognize me i'm saying but i mean he he gained prominence as just a singer though can you imagine
0: david lee roth in that role Uh, (laughs) no that's that's fair that's fair but there's another another person who gets to experience both tyler and jack is um is bob in this one because he's standing on the porch and, um, uh, Tyler goes out the, the Brad Pitt character and lets in, it's not, um, lets in the guy who had been waiting. The first guy gets let in and Bob's standing next to him. And then he's like, you're too fat, fat man. And get lost. And then he leaves and Bob starts to leave. And then the Ed Norton character, Jack runs out and he's like, no, no, you have to just wait here and, and hang it out. So if you think back on that, it's the same guy would be like, get the fuck out of here, it in and then run back and be like, I was just kidding, man. Just come on back in and stand up there. It's like that's another subtle thing I because I, I always focus on the Helena bottom Carter character but but Bob gets to experience that once yeah, and twice and too. A... And every other character does though, you don't get to see it. And to see the looks on their faces and they're like, no, you told us to say this and you said you'd yeah. say that. Like and his own alter ego gets smart to it, like especially when he's in the police station and they're holding them and they're like, you're so brave, sir. And, and you said you'd say that or you definitely said you'd say that. <laughs> And he tries to turn it around. And, and so apparently, the thing
1: where they stand outside for three days with no encouragement is based on like wanting to become a Buddhist monk. Yeah. And so monasteries would have to and they shave de- their head and you'd have to stand outside for three days and not you wouldn't be able to eat anything and they would not come out and encourage you at all to stay. Yeah. So that was interesting too. Like, there's a lot of Buddhism in this movie, strangely, for a movie about fighting. I mean, that's what makes the movie so good. Is there's so many contradictory themes kind of laying over top of one another.
2: It was a great introduction, really, to those that those of, those of us that started reading Chuck Palahniuk's books too. And you'll find, not that I'm giving him a free plug here, that Fight Club isn't even one of his best books.
1: No, I would agree with that. I, Survivor, I think, is. Survivors are really. Invisible good. Monsters is probably my favorite, mm. and I, I've read that and I've forgotten it. But like for some reason, Survivor's stuck in my brain. Yeah. I, I would read Invisible Monster again, though. You should seriously. I would. I would, and I would read. I would encourage people who haven't. Have liked Fight Club to go read Chuck's book because it is different. It is not the same, and it is still very good and has a lot of similar, you know, tone. Mm-hmm. So I would I would definitely go in because it's not like reading the movie at all. No,
2: totally, it's completely independent. Who here Who here also enjoyed watching Jared Leto get his face, face punched? In? I enjoy that a lot, yeah. actually.
1: I see. I think going over the violence again in this movie, I it was I found it cringeworthy, and once again. I respected them for ma- for making it that way. I found well, this much
2: worse than RoboCop's
1: uh, violence, and the, I know it's
2: uh,
0: RoboCop is more graphic,
2: yeah. but this was more disturbing.
1: So,
0: so the the fighting in the movie, all of it, and it minus this Jared Leto scene, is is it's intense, uh, but it's not overly gory, except for two two scenes in particular. Like people get the shit kicked out of them, but you can deal with it. But there's one scene with Jared Leto where. And Jack's character um, just wants to, what did he say? I just wanted to destroy something beautiful. Beautiful, And in order to get that point across, you unfortunately have to witness one of the worst sounding beatings ever put to film. It is gross. And I understand from reading into this that they cut a lot from it too. They had it even worse in the original cut. And then they were like in the editing room and they're like, no, a little too much, a little too much. My
1: favorite scene actually is after that fight (sighs) where they're in the car and the guys are in the back seat and he asks them what they he asks all he asks Edward Norton and the guys in the back what they would do if they are going to die right now what did they what would they have wished they would have done with their lives and instantly the guys in the back say paint a self portrait build a house and Edward Norton can't answer the question yeah i love that scene because yeah. because those guys are sheep and followers and they their minds are blank because they just do whatever tyler tells them So they they have access to be able to find that. Whereas he's so neurotic and questioning everything that he can't just simply think about what he would really do.
0: And he hasn't reached his clarity as a character yet. He doesn't do that till a little later on still. So he wouldn't even be able to answer that question until after he comes to grips with that. He's actually one person. And I think by the end, maybe he would be able to answer that question.
1: Oh, absolutely. And best line in the movie is uh, a near-life experience. Yeah. I love that line. I mean, there's so many great lines. I haven't fucked I'll
0: this hard since grade school. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a great too. line, I too. like
1: his haiku. Um, Something about worker
0: bees? Yeah. The the, the <laughs> queen is their slave. Oh, that's a really good f- But the uh, Sorry, just before, the other fight scene I was going to say that's really graphic is when the owner of the bar comes down into Lou. the basement. Lou. I like Lou. And, I'm um, fucking Lou. Brad Pitt lets himself... Get punched in the face so many times, it's ridiculous, and he stops everybody from jumping in, and then he just jumps on Lou and like bleeds into his face and mouth. That's uh, like yeah. that makes me want to vomit in my mouth a little bit. My, uh, my, <laughs> you don't know where I've been, Lou. <laughs> you don't know where I've been. The fact
2: that he's laughing while he's yeah, doing that makes it cr- oh, just crazy. Crazy. And creepy. And of course,
0: of course, his crew like would respect him even more yeah. for some, like witnessing that, like. It's just the ultimate. And then I think it's after that he starts to hand out his assignments. And that's when things start. To, I think, you know, because he gets the shit kicked out of him so badly, uh, that's when he starts to like bring things in his mind to the next level. He's like, we're going to need to do more extreme things to change people. Um, so I, it's pretty It's pretty messed up. My, my favorite
2: shot as part of a scene is in the, the meeting that Edward Norton is in. And the guy in there talking about my man over here oh, and he points he at Edward Norton teeth. and he shows him his teeth, which is actually an outtake. That's correct. I don't know if you heard that it in, is a, an in the commentary yeah. where Edward was turning to the camera to show Fincher how his blood or in, in his teeth, how his, the makeup was basically, <laughs> and they were rolling on it. And they stuck that in there as a reaction shot and single-handedly, probably the best shot and the funniest thing in the whole movie. My wife is sick of me telling her that story. <laughs> She's it like, is. you say that every time we watch this movie. <laughs> I,
0: my favorite scene is when uh, Ed Norton, when when the homework is to go and get in a fight and lose. And Ed Norton, uh, Jack chooses that opportunity to go to his job and oh, his try boss. and blackmail his boss a little bit. Well, he totally blackmails his boss. He tries to do it non-violently at the start and then just kicks the ever-living shit out of himself. It's fucking hilarious to watch himself throw himself through tables. Uh, and uh, um, glass shelves, and just the way he's begging as he goes, no, no, don't do
1: it. And Boosh. to give all the credit, like Fincher gives all the credit to Edward Norton because he said, reading the script, and when he was about to direct that, he thought they were never going to use it; and it wasn't going to work. But Edward Norton made it it's, work.
0: It looks so good. Like the look he's on his face. himself in the face. He looks terrified. He's like so bleeding and shocked. And then he crawls up his former boss's face he's like, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't just sell it
2: during what sells it is afterwards when he's pushing the cart with all his shit. yeah he's got blood over his face and he's whistling he's whistling and I'm he's happy. all arrogant like yeah fuck all Please, these I guys. think
1: he's just really happy I, I just find him like with glee yeah <laughs> and uh they also one it was funny because they made fun of the movie in the commentary when one of them was like where did he get a shopping cart in the office? And Edward and I think Fincher is like, yeah, yeah. No one notices that. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
0: I, I also love the scene where uh, his boss, this is prior to him getting uh, himself fired, brings along the rules of Fight Club, and Ed Norton looks terrified yeah. for a sec because he left it on the copier. And the guy's like, did you leave this here? And then Ed Norton goes through the long story about, you know, maybe this individual yeah. is dangerous and you've known him forever. And he'll, pull, he'll, pull, he'll bring in a carbine rifle and start shooting people. Or maybe you just shouldn't bring me every piece of garbage you find. And I was like, yeah. And saying, <laughs> say,
1: talking about that scene, I don't think this movie could be made today. Because uh, of all of the shootings and stuff, I think, or at least that people scene, people wouldn't
0: people wouldn't look at it in the same way. I
1: just think I think Fincher, or the producers, or the studio, have been sensitive and edited stuff like that out, saying you, we shouldn't put this in because it's we. It, or they could too, have
0: maybe incorporated,
2: I don't know, a black person in there as well. Yeah, that would have been nice. Because because I think the only non-white
0: male in the whole movie is Helena. I mean, she's got a no, pretty no, pretty heavy a, load to bear by herself. There's a, like a black. The black. I forget what his job is, but the black guy who beats up Jack. And uh, asked him if he wanted to fight next, next week. And he says, How about next month? Oh, that's that right. And there guy. was a black guy
1: outside the bar when
0: they got in their first fight. But there's
1: watching. so few black people that you guys know that there's two. That's how yeah. few there is, <laughs> right? <laughs> if, you can, if you can count yeah. them on your hands. That's right, Lando and the other one. Maybe it would have been
0: more interesting if um, uh, Tyler's character had been played by someone black. Samuel so Jackson. If it was Samuel Sam Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> that's and who then, you'd it would have been. I would um, actually buy that. So one of, the, would be great. one of the things I think back on, um, and it'd be about the, I don't even know if I'd call it a criticism, it's just an observation, is in the scene after Brad Pitt and Ed Norton go to the bar, and then they get in their first fight outside, and... The uh, the guys from inside the bar walk out and see them fighting, and that's how kind of they get their first opportunity to bring other people into Fight Club. In reality, it would have been Ed Norton standing out there beating the shit out of himself. Would that? Would people have looked at that and been like? I'll I want, fight yeah, you. I want a piece. I want to join that. That's about the only stretch that I see because they don't show that. If they just gloss over it. But,
1: but at the same time, though, they, I think people would come over to see if he was okay. And then if he started spewing his stuff, they might get interested in what he's talking about. Yeah. Maybe and then he he if he invites like, them
0: politely to fight and be like, you got, like, come on, hit me. Point. Just hit me. Does anyone yeah, want to fight me? Yeah. So I, I'm sure and that's why I'm saying it's not a criticism. I'm sure there's some way it could have happened. But that's something that upon viewing it for the, I don't know, I've seen this movie 10 times anyway. Um, I was like, that's a little bit of a stretch, but... For me, the speed bump was when uh, Jack was at the airport trying to figure out
2: how to get home and, and Tyler's stealing, stealing a Corvette.
0: Yeah, it's or like, a Camaro. Uh, yeah. Wait
2: a second. Cause like, Where's your car? He's he take, like, what car? Yeah, yeah he they, takes a cab in the next scene, but Tyler stole a Corvette. So I know that wasn't in the script. I know it wasn't in the book. They threw that in there because they thought it was funny, Yeah. but I know it's nitpicking, but it's something that if you know what's going on, you're like, how does that work exactly? No, yeah. and that's
1: good. Like, I mean, I think it's good to, to point out the small the small little details that that could have been better because I mean, I think we've been gushing over this movie. Yeah, so, we have. I think so. Yeah.
0: I, there's no. I, there's almost no way around it, and for sure, you don't notice
1: on a first viewing. Yeah. Um I, I like the inserts of him. Uh, you although I find them almost too obvious now. the, the I know, they seem right? Yeah, maybe they don't it's high def or something. They don't seem like subliminal cuts no. anymore. You can see them so clearly when they, they... So what they do, if you don't know, is they they cut in a single frame of Brad Pitt before he's introduced several like times three in the times, movie. times, I think. But now you can see him so clearly that I can't believe people I'm ever watching, missed I know
0: it. where it is, though, when I'm looking for it, yeah, especially at the end when true. there's a
1: nice, big... Cock. Cock. Yeah. No, the cock, I feel like, three frames at the yeah. end. <laughs> it seems way... That's, that's very intentionally left in there on purpose. Yeah. Speaking so, of the ending, too, so my, my interpretation of why Tyler goes away is because Jack's character for the whole movie was afraid of death. He was afraid of dying from narcolepsy. He, was a, he went to the doctor all the time. He was, he was a bit of a, what do you call it when you're always sick, but you're not sick?
0: Hypochondria. He was
1: a hypochondriac and he was a very afraid of death. But by him shooting himself and facing death, he didn't need Tyler any longer. That's, that's the ultimate
0: fear, I mean, yeah, for someone like him um you know he'd 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 value his possessions above all else, and probably not having a very um strong spiritual uh guidepost to live his life by probably fear uh fear and failure would be his his ultimate fear of so failure that's, and death that that was be his just, ultimate
1: I, no one's ever said that that's just what I feel that makes sense to me mm-hmm. that makes sense. I'll buy and, that, and I feel like that's a great ending, yeah. A great c- climax, with, and too.
2: that I don't know why I wouldn't, I would never imagine that song working. But when you watch that, fi- the building's perfect. coming down, the two of them standing Absolutely there with that perfect. Pixie song, it's like there is no better song for that. And there I just love that isn't. song too. No,
0: it's it's yeah, where's my
1: and mind? also
2: props to the Dust Brothers who did the score to the whole film. Great. Yeah. it's really it's, really works
1: with the movie. You know what, guys? I got to be honest. As many times as I've seen this movie, I I can't remember the score i can't remember music overlaid on the movie during the movie it's just it's subtle like little
0: electric drums
1: yeah like okay i remember the best example is the ikea
2: scene Yeah, it's like if there was a a score for ikea that would be it oh that
1: the bubbly little yeah but like
2: that uh, those those music notes or those those moments are perfect for whatever scene they're using.
1: And I'm starting now as we're talking about to remember the music over the montages where they're like beating cars and, and busting. That like almost that little techno genie, mm-hmm. yeah. Whether so, like erasing movies I think, at the theater,
0: I think the music is subtle and, and yeah, perfect. Not, and so it, while we might like Colin might not remember specific bits, I think it's it, that just means it's perfect for the movie. I Nothing agree. Stood out as being bad or overwhelming. Yeah, if
1: you don't notice music or editing <clears throat> or directing, then it's they're perfect. they're good. doing good jobs. Yeah, I,
0: I really have a tough time faulting this movie for for anything. In fact, I find myself wondering. Um, what their relationship because as they're standing watching the buildings come down and he's finally gotten rid of Tyler and now he's his own Tyler and he's got Helena Bottom Carter who's just lived through a like, super traumatic experience of being like crazily put on a bus and then ripped off a bus and taken hostage and brought up to this strange building and now all this chaos is happening around her she kind of realizes that he's in charge of something bigger. But I, I find myself wondering, what is the future of all that? Will he continue leading Project Mayhem? Will he be reckless? Will he dissolve it? And what will his relationship with her be like going forward? And I love that I don't have an answer to that. And I never want an answer. Would never want a Fight Club 2 or, or a Fight Club no. prequel, Helena Bonham Carter's. No. Like, I, I, feel, like, all that.
1: I feel like the one, it's weird, but the one scene that makes me think that think kind of think that things will go on and they'll be okay is the guys in the elevator when they're going down and leaving them alone. And the one guy's like, what a tough son of a bitch. Yeah. And then they're all like nodding their heads. And they kind of become more like real people instead of zombies in that elevator. And then he says to that one guy, get me gauze. And then yeah. the guy like nods and like <laughs> runs away. Like it was the first time I saw Tyler interact with his men as if they were buddies. Yeah. And they weren't his mindless minions. And so then I, I I kind of felt like, I don't know if that was intentional, but... I almost felt that it grounded it and made it more believable that they were all just real people instead of his sheep or his flock, yeah. we are, are we gonna,
0: are we calling this one then? Yeah, we should wrap this one up. We've talked lots about it. Uh, for me, two holds up. <laughs> this is an awesome movie. It's still awesome. It's gonna all you can tell. it's gonna always be yeah, awesome. It's, it's timeless. Um, you know, the little bit of stuff that dates it would be when they blow up that Apple store and there's the, the tube, (laughs) the tube monitors that they pour gasoline into this day. And how do we not talk about the Robert
1: Paulson? His name is Robert Paulson is also one of the funniest things in the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, to me, it's better than it was when it first came out. Really? 100%. Wow. I like it better now. Every time
0: I see it, it's, it's better. It just gets better and better. I notice one little thing every time and I'm paying attention for all this stuff and Two, two, two holds up, three holds up for me. Wow, right?
2: yeah. Uh, there was there was moments of, of teenage angst, I think that was a little bit silly, this white boy rage, uh, but you know what? I don't think they crossed any lines, and I'm gonna say it does still hold up. It's just a one of my all time favorites.
1: I go um, on my top ten list now. I think.
0: Yeah, uh, I think yeah. It it always kind of was, and then just because I don't watch it as frequently enough, there are other movies that come slip in there. But when I come back to it. This movie is constantly a top ten must-watch. The film. only thing that taints it for me are the the people that don't get it. They're yeah. the ones that, that cast a, a dark or shadow focus on just it. the violence. Yes, right. There's that's fighting the and there's blood. It. It's like you're missing the point. Totally. That, that's again with a purpose. Same as RoboCop when we talked about that one. It, there's a purpose to it all. So um, are we three yeses then? I think we're three. Are we yeses. all have we agreed on Run, something. Like, you not know, like overwhelming unanimous yeses. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I think. Even the the, what we pointed out, it's not a criticism. It's just oh, Oh, I'd I'd, I'd have to think about that. I would
1: not only say go watch this movie again, but like watch it once. Must watch, yeah, Yeah, watch it every year. Yeah,
0: ground yourself in awesome and watch Helena Bottom Carter be abused.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's your first time watching it, then watch Jack be abused. So someone's
0: getting abused. Yeah. All right, there you go. Everybody loves it. You should love it too. See you next time, everybody. Peace. Hold up.